Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 4, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling. On Wednesdays. Today's guest is both an Olympic and professional wrestler. She holds two different women's championships internationally. She is the French elegance. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Mila Schmidt. Are the independents really busy right now in Europe? I'm lucky enough to uh, wrestle every week, uh, every weekend somewhere else in another country, sometimes different countries in the same weekend. So yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Good for you. Now, are you French born or German born? I'm French born. French born. Okay. What city in France were you born in? I was born in Colmar. It's near Strasbourg. And uh, as I say, it's like a region close to the German border. Oh, okay. So that's where you identify kind of right on the border. Ah, this all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. And I live in Hamburg, Germany now as well. So, um, and between both countries. So how many languages do you speak fluently? Uh, fluently, I would say French and English. Yep. And I am learning German. It's really difficult, but I'm getting there. German is such a harsh language. And it always seems like when anyone's speaking, they seem so angry. But <laughs> yeah, then you see now <laughs> I know <laughs> you see your national gems like Heidi Klum, and she has the cutest little accent. And it's so different when she speaks German. So I, I imagine you would be much the same, much cuter, less aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still have like a big French accent when I try to speak German. So maybe it just make it sweeter. <laughs> I agree. I think I think you uh, you'll you'll have your own version of German. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, how do you feel about the artist Stromae? Because I'm a big fan of his, and I think French people don't think he's very cool. <laughs> oh, Stromae. Uh -huh. so, yeah, yeah. See, I'm butchering it, of course. <laughs> no, I like some of his songs. Like it was really popular at some point in France. Yeah. Is it popular in the U.S.? So I lived in Brighton, England. Oh, in, gotcha. Yeah, in 2009, 2010. So that's when I first heard him. And I was like, this is, it was so like 90s classic dance that yes. I just, I fell in love with, well, he's kind of like cheesy and over the top. He's not very like, he's not very cool. So uh, I did. Yeah, have, he's really original. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering your opinion because I have sp spoken to some people who were born and raised in France and they're like, you know, you guys culturally are very into dance music. That's very, very cool. Like Justice and, you know, the whole whatever. And Stromae is a bit cheesy, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, it always been a bit cheesy, but like there's some songs I like of him, but I'm not the person, type of person who will like love everything about one artist. So I was like... There's some songs I like and just picking up some stuff. <laughs> sure. Now, you obviously are a, a French beauty. You're, you know, you, you're very Thank minimalist. You. Yes, girl. You've got like a little bit of a lip, but you're, you know, ca very like casual muted makeup. How do you find that being French and in the professional wrestling world where, you know, big is everything, like very blonde, heavy makeup, big boobs. How do you think that your look differentiates you from other women on the professional wrestling scene? 
Yeah, I think, like, first of all, I think we all are unique. And, like, that's the beauty of professional wrestling is, like, you don't see one person looking exactly like another. We all have, like, our own look, own style, own, like, um, way of living and way of living our character as well and our own identity. So that's what I like about professional wrestling. Now, I think, like, the cliche about... Uh, French women are more like elegant and classy and casual and stuff. And it just, I think it's just like depends. Like in the US, we have like girls with the other look and the other style in Japan and another style. And that's, that's beautiful. I love it. And I just try to be like myself mm-hmm. always and uh, do me. And I think that's why. People kind of like me, and then some girls like can identify themselves on me, and you know, yeah. just being yourself, being authentic. Yeah, hundred percent. That is what makes. I would say more now, like in the past 10 years, the world of professional women, wrestling for women has changed because it is so diverse. You don't see the same type of body types. You don't see the same time type of looks. And I think that has a lot to do with the international exposures. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, I remember when I was a kid, I started watching WWE. Uh, it was the only thing on TV. And then I start watching TNA on YouTube and all the stuff. And I see like all the girls, like the majority of the girls, not all of them, but like the majority of the girls were like uh, kind of the same body type. And I believe there was that, you know, just the conditions to be signed at this period of time. And now it's just like everybody can be himself and just like embrace like our differences. And that's, that's good. That's a good evolution, actually. It's beautiful. You know, we, we see our, our Kim Kardashians and the whole like BBL and fitness is being fit is the new skinny and embracing curvier body types and you can be healthy and be curvy. You don't have to be, you don't have to have abs to be fit. We just, we all have different body types and that's what appeals to everybody. Like, you know, I don't know. It's- yeah, fun story I had like it was, two weeks ago or something. So uh, I've been in Israel wrestling and I posted a picture of me at the beach uh, and swimwear and stuff like this. I'm not posting a lot of things like underwear and stuff like this, just because I don't feel too much comfortable with that. And this Mm -hmm. is not what kind of contents I I want to post myself. So for once I was like, okay, I'm just enjoying my time at the beach and stuff. So I'm going to post that picture. It looks cute. And then I had like kind of a guy body shaming me and say like, oh, if you want to post like baddie pictures, just like you need to have the body that goes with it. And I was like, okay. So I I don't like reposting those stuff because I don't use energy for that. But for once I was like, okay, this is something important for the girls to realize and understand. It's like, I don't have like, I'm not super skinny. I don't have like a body type like Victoria's Secret supermodel and I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I'm not like, I don't have like a fitness body, like model fitness because I'm not on prep anymore. Uh, I'm living my best life, wrestling all over the world. I try my best to keep on my diet and my training, but like being on the road is really difficult. So I do my best and this is just, you know, I have cellulite, I have stretch marks somewhere some places I have scars, uh, kind of a lot of scars with some surgeries and stuff like on my knees, on, on a, a, some other parts. 
and like this is just me this is my body and every every of this is just part of my story and I embrace it and you know what I'm just gonna keep posting the pictures I love because that's just me and that's something you know like I guess a message that is important to spread to the young girls right now especially in the society we're living in and uh, so that's why um you know it's it's been really funny because about those pictures I was talking to my girl Heidi Katrina we were sharing like we were roommates there mm-hmm. and I was saying oh do you think I should like add in, like an app on my phone and like just edit some pictures those pictures and stuff and then we were talking about it and at the end of the day I was like yeah you know what fuck it I'm, I'm I won't I won't do it I just post them raw because that's me that's my body and I accept it. And you know what? I was just right to do it because if it can just inspire like other little girls and like other women just to um, accept their bodies and accept like the way they are, I want. I think I just fell in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love you too. <laughs> but no, you you said so much in that and I think that goes with that age old don't make yourself small to make somebody feel more comfortable like when people body shame that says so much about how they feel about themselves that they're trying to bring you down to make themselves feel better and that is not how we are functioning in 2022 that is not how we are functioning post-pandemic we should all be bringing each other up and yeah definitely spreading love so you know let's take a moment to send that guy some love because obviously he's really hurting and yes uh, that's why i thought at first as well and i was like i just reposted it because for the message for the girls 100 not for him to have necessarily like hate or anything like that because i, I as I said, I don't use energy for that, and I'm good with myself. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, like, and, you know, like, it's just a matter of respect as well. And, like, the work that all the, the women has been putting before us in the industry to fight for diversity, to fight for being able to be themselves and still succeed, yes. that we have to accept the way we are our bodies and like spread the message and just keep it on for the next generations 100 percent. oh girl you are so wise behind beyond your years <laughs> and i i think too you're not you're completely correct you're not giving him your energy but what you are doing is you're holding space you're creating space for all of the generations that are coming up behind us because we, we are moving forward and especially right now with the overturning of Roe versus Wade and all of us, you know, losing rights uh, for our bodies, our North American girlfriends, like, yeah, you know, what? it's our body. It's our choice. If we choose to put ourselves out there raw you're welcome. That is a gift. You are welcome that we are willing to share ourselves. And I love Definitely. that you you say, you know, like, I have cellulite. Every woman has fucking cellulite. When did we start erasing yeah. that from our bodies? It's beautiful. And let's be honest, like, the only pictures where you don't see it is because the girls tried to hide it or because they edit it. That's it. Yes, But exactly. we all do have at least a yeah. little bit. It's just the way we are. Just of the way we've it- been made. 
That's ha- that's why we have hips and bums and thighs. There is fat in there. It doesn't matter how fit you are. Like cellulite is fat. Yeah. And that's how we grow humans in our bodies. So again, you're welcome, man, that we are willing to share that with you. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what was life for young Mila growing up in France? What what inspired you as a child? Did Was it always wrestling or, or did you, what other fields were you involved in? So I've been really inspired by wrestling as such a young age. Like I started watching wrestling, WWE and stuff. Like I was about nine, 10. Uh, one of the first women I saw on TV was Victoria. And for me, same, you know, like same topic. Like for me, she just stood up. Like she just chewed out because yeah. she was totally unique and different. She had a different body type that other girls at this time. She was doing different moves. She had a different character. She was just different. She was just her. And that's why I kind of identify myself more to her than to others. I mean, I love watching all the women's and stuff, but like she really was the the one that I followed like since day one. And who inspired me being a wrestler. So Aww. I always say, like, she kind of made me become the woman I am today in a kind of way, even if we don't really, like, know each other as a person yeah. because she's been, like, such an inspiration for me. And so after that, I start searching for other companies, for uh, indie companies because I didn't know anything else than WDB at the time. But I was like... So, okay, I can't start there because they obviously they are in the US. I'm yeah. in France, so I gotta find my way in. Yep. And so throughout the years, I found my my mentor, Tom Rufa. We start like talking when he was on NXT. He just got signed, okay. and he started like uh, putting me under his wings, really, and like just giving me advice all the time. And um, yeah, so I started talking to him about wrestling. I was 14. Wow. I was already like, yeah, it's been 10 years now. And now we are like on the same shows and like traveling together sometimes. Stuff just insane. Crazy. How life can be sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, at this time, I was still like obviously focusing on school. I was doing gymnastics and then I moved to Olympic wrestling because I come from an Olympic wrestling family. I've learned, I put English on my first topic at school because I knew like I needed to be able to speak fluently English to be able to be in professional wrestling, uh, being working out, doing like some bikini contest to be able to start professional wrestling as soon as possible and to be able to, to improve fast and to do something in there. So you say you come from an Olympic wrestling family, uh, brothers, sisters, parents, yeah. everybody? Yeah, like all my cousins, uncles, uh, stepdad, granddad, like kind of every every man in my family has been, has been or is still Olympic wrestler. And I'm the only woman, so I'm like, yes. Wow, <laughs> go girl. Yeah, that's cool. So are that's you still cool. competing with uh, for Olympic wrestling? No, not anymore because like, when I started professional wrestling, really, I just started like the first year doing like some seminars and everything and just see if it really fit me, if there's something I love really doing or if it was something I just love watching. So I need to stop training. I did like, I, I was lucky enough to be on shows like really, really soon in my career. Yeah. 
But still, the first year wasn't my priority, really, because it was just my first steps, and I was still studying, and I was still competing in Olympic wrestling and doing, like, national stuff. And and so I was doing a bikini contest that this year is also everything at the same time. Super good for your body. Uh, <laughs> Brain, I'm sure. A little bit burnt out. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> And so then after this year, I did my titles and all the stuff like I used to do in Olympic wrestling. But then after everything, I had a, my metabolism just got low with mm-hmm. all the sports and everything together. And I broke my knee. So I've been out for one year because of the surgery and everything. After that, I just decided that I would stop competing because I wanted to focus like on pro wrestling hopes and, and sure. having that one year kind of wasting one year was really painful mentally for me and i was like i'm young yes everybody tells me i have the world in front of me but i need to put the work now yeah and i need to do things now otherwise one day i wake up in the morning it will be too late so i just stopped competing and like i still train sometimes like when i go to my family's club and everything and i'm still in there like i still have a foot in there because it's a part of me Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm focused like now 100 percent on professional wrestling so you know you touched on your your injury and how it felt like a wasteful year injuries are so hard mentally what did you do during that time to keep yourself above water, to stay motivated, to stay grounded and working towards your goals? Because I think the mental aspect is much harder than the actual physical healing. Honestly, like as wrestlers, we used to end up pain. Like we literally end up pain every day, yeah. especially when we, we leave from wrestling and we like travel and work on it on and on. So we don't necessarily have a lot of time to let our body heal. So about the pain, it was just like, okay, it's painful, but I'm getting there. Sure. But yeah, mentally, it was like, I couldn't see the end of the tunnel at first. And it, it took like a year. Like, honestly, they told me at first, yeah, it will take you six months, eight months, six months for normal sports and eight months to go back on wrestling mat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then so at first, like the first months, without even realizing it, you're taking weight, you see yourself taking weight and all the stuff because you keep eating normally, but you don't train anymore. Yeah. And then I woke up in the morning and I saw myself in the mirror. It's like, no way. I can't let myself down like this. I can't quit on myself. If I quit now, it's over. Mm-hmm. And so I kept watching my diet. I kept working hard on my recovery. I remember like, like, when I had to learn to walk again and like to do bicycle again and stuff, I remember myself crying on the bike because of the pain because I was like, I have to keep on going because this is my only way out to go back in the ring. And I was still like studying in a um, sports university to be like personal trainer and stuff. So we had like a lot of theoretical course, but a lot of practice, a lot of sports as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember that year, like they they put my marks like super down and they told me like you have to do everything at the last months otherwise you don't pass the year and i was like okay so when my recovery will be done i will have all my exams and all the same um you know like marks and stuff like everybody else Mm -hmm. but i couldn't train for a year and i 
Like, I was literally, like, after six months, I just could, like, do normal sports again. But then I would have to, to do all the climbing and all the athleticism uh, sports and stuff like that, like running, jumping and all the stuff. And that was my exams. Wow. And I had to do it, like, like everybody else. And I was, like, jumping on the sand. And I was, like, my knee is not going to survive to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so scared. But, like... Hopefully, like, fortunately, sorry, it went, it went good. Uh, I'm still good. But then, like, yeah, after eight months, I had to go back to Olympic wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I was running and I was doing all the the moves, like, by myself because mm-hmm. I couldn't wrestle with somebody. I was, like, uh, just in the recovery process. And when they told me, you know, at first, like, after eight months, you will be, like, good to go. I thought it was, like, it will be, like, yeah, right. after eight months, I can wrestle again. <laughs> you wake up, <laughs> you know? eight months, oh, I'm all better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I thought at first, because I'm a naive person sometimes. <laughs> and... But no, like, I had to go back on the mat and just, like, struggle. And I felt like literally when i went back up like for the first time i felt like i never wrestled before i felt like it was the, the first time ever i've been on the mat and it's such like mentally hard when you've been like national champion and all the stuff of course you've been doing this for years and having results and everything and you see all the girls who could train like during your recovery you get better mm. and get the titles and stuff and you like those girls you were beating before, like now they, they beat you because you can't even move by yourself. And you're like, okay. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, you know, like it's been really hard, but I've learned a lot about myself. Good. And it's, I just try to keep like every experience, like a learning experience and like try to see what I can get from this and what I can learn from this. And at the end of the day, I don't regret regret anything i know it's been hard but if i have to do it again i would do it again because i've learned so much about things in life about myself about uh dedication commitment uh mental you know like strengths and everything like you only know what you're capable of like when you go through something so it's been a bad thing for a good thing that's what exactly what i was just gonna say it you know sometimes it takes fully hitting rock bottom like everything taken away from you and the only place you can go is up and it's painful but i know for myself uh, this last year has been you know the hardest year of my life and i'm so thankful for it because i am happier now i'm more mentally physically spiritually strong than i've ever been and like you said you just got to look at everything as a learning experience because that's life it's a journey (laughs) yeah I saw at one time, like, my mentor during this time, like, Tom Lerufat told me one thing that just stayed in my head and, like, I tried to, to use it every time I can. It's like, he, t- he told me it's 10% was what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it's it's really true, I believe, like, in everything in life. It's just, you know... Like shit happens. It's like in wrestling; you just have to catch it up and That's it. and move on. That is it. It's it. <laughs> if everyone could just digest that, it's so easy to victimize yourself, especially when you just feel like you're getting it from every side. And you know, every time you get back up, you get knocked down. But it's true. It's 
shit happens to everybody. It's what differentiates yeah. us is how do we get to the next thing? How do we get back up? How do we how do we grow? Yeah. And I think like for me, um, what helped me a lot and what helps me every time I, I have to go through something is to have goals yep. and just to get stick to it and to keep working on them like about what I can control and focus on about what I can control Yeah, and just try to make the most of it. Do you have any uh, like spiritual practices? Like myself, I use everything. Like I journal, I tarot, I do rituals, I use crystals. Like I very much identify with witchcraft. Is there anything that you use? Uh, really, I'm I'm really interested about this world, about everything <laughs> uh, uh, spiritually and stuff. We talk a lot about this with Tom because he's really, really into it mm. himself. I use like I know my my best friend uh, who's already uh, also a wrestler Anastasia. She does my cards sometimes. Perfect. And we do stuff like that together. Um, I don't really use a lot of things myself. Mm-hmm. I I meditate a lot. I do yoga sometimes, and it helps me. Yep. But it's more like something like yeah, we do with my best friend when we are together, and this this is like all girl time. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Witchy sisters. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, let's do my speed round. My top ten tailor made questions. Don't feel rushed. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Name one <laughs> beauty product you cannot live without. I say my baby cream. Mmm, good. Like, a, like for my morning baby cream. Yeah. I like that. What is your favorite exercise? Um, I would say a reverse butterfly for the back. Nice. I like that. I don't think anyone's given that answer. I like back day. I like back day too. I like shoulder day the most because I'm like, if I just keep making my shoulders oh, yeah. bigger, my waist will be oh, smaller. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, literally, the side elevations are, like, killing, but they're, like, so good. Yeah. I love that pain. Yeah, same, actually. It sounds so crazy. (laughs) We're all sick. We're sick in the head. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Speaking of sick, what is your biggest pet peeve? I would say people would eat loudly, like... It's like, were you raised... I can't... (laughs) I can't. <laughs> Were you raised in a cave? <laughs> yeah, that's it. that's it. Who is your celebrity crush? For a while, it's been Shining Tattoo. Good. A Magic Mike. Oh, girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I, mean? I just watched Magic Mike. I shit you not a week ago. And I was like, this movie <laughs> is, it still holds the time. It's a classic. <laughs> It is a classic. <laughs> I knew we were gonna be friends. <laughs> Who is your favorite band or artist? Um, I really love The Weeknd, oh. and I really loved as well. When I was younger, I used to listen to Even It Sounds like all the time. Oh, Evanescence. Nice. Oh, I love the yeah, way you say that. My, no, my no. French accent just I kicked lo- again. <laughs> I love the Evanescence. So much sexier. <laughs> Do you have a secret vice like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? Okay, first of all, I can drink wine like literally everywhere. I bet. I'm French and this is what <laughs> we do. 
<laughs> I bet you could drink most grown North American men under the table in wine. Probably. <laughs> I... Yeah, myself. There you go. I love Randy Orton. Randy Orton, that's a good one. I really love Randy Orton. Yeah. You made my childhood, literally. (laughs) Randy, (laughs) before Channing Tatum, there was Randy Orton. (laughs) That was Randy Orton. That was the first one. (laughs) That's very funny. Um, The next question I usually ask is, what is your drink of choice? But I think we've we've established that it is wine. Yeah, wine. Red or white? Yeah. Red or white? (laughs) Oh, that's a good. I would say red. Red. Most of the time. Yeah, but you you yeah. you're okay with both. Oh, I'm okay with three of them. Either <laughs> or everything. Like All that. right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> it's summer, so rosé right now. But it's rosé. Yeah, it's rosé season. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> what has been your most embarrassing moment in the ring? In the ring. Yep. Oh. I actually have two. Okay. But one, I only know myself. Hopefully nobody noticed. I think nobody really noticed. Okay. So the first one that people noticed, I believe, was like, I had my, like, the first gear ever I made, I made. It wasn't like a tailor from actually proper pro wrestling. That was risky. That's a so risky after move. Some, yeah. <laughs> so after some times they were like stretching. I was really green. I was really new. And I used not to wear a bra under, which is something I would never do again. Yeah, also a risk. Uh, And I had that accident. Yeah, and I had that accident during a match where my boob just went on the side. (laughs) And, um, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing because the promotions that, like, took pictures and stuff, and I, I believe they didn't even, like, watch the pictures before posting them. And I watch the picture with the boob out by myself. And I say, "Uh, please, could you remove this from social networks? That would be awesome. Thank you. And the second one was um, this year, actually. Um, (laughs) So I've been in the rain and stuff and do the match. Everything was okay-ish until, like, she kicked me in the stomach, but, like, really low like close to my vessel and I almost pee myself and I thought I would pee myself like literally I was like closing my legs like I, I was like oh, oh no 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 she Hopefully, literally kicked fortunately the nothing happens <laughs> but well you know at solidarity sister this this podcast has really unified women of professional wrestling we've all peed we all pee in the ring yeah. when you take a front bump, when you take a really big bump. It's always a little bit of pee. So, you know what? It's part of the journey. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I think so. It is. But it was like, and when I, I went back to the locker room, because we were second match, I was like, I can't pee myself. Like, there's a fucking guy like coming after me, you know? So I won't like that. Too bad. And, like, I went to the locker room. It's sterile. When I went to the locker room, I was like, Girls, please, like, next time, could you be just careful? Because yeah. that was a bit low. <laughs> and she had, like, you know, like, the same kind of boots as me, like, the proper wrestling boots, are, like, super hard boots. Uh, like, when you kick with them a bit hard, like, you feel it right away. Yeah. So it was, like, ugh. <sighs> right of passage. Those were my two most embarrassing <laughs> moments so far, and I hope they'll stay the last. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> 
<laughs> where can our listeners find you on social media? What are your social media handles? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. Those are the, the ones I use the most. Mila Smith, really simple. And you can also uh, find me on TikTok. So I started to uh, post some videos about my about my travels and about my trips and stuff and nice places I found. So Perfect. Yep. I love it. And one last thing, finish this lyric. Well, actually, it's just repeating this lyric. Allo, dance. <laughs> Oh, well, it's so yeah. lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do my Thank podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It was so much fun. Good, good. And uh, you know what? Message me anytime. Text me. You will always have a sister in me. Uh, and hopefully we get to work together in the future. In very typical Taylor Wilde, wild on fashion, I fell in love with today's guest. <laughs> but on a serious note, Mila Schmidt talked about so many important aspects that are really on brand for what I believe in and what I'm trying to per perpetuate with the Wild On team, who I could not and would not want to do this podcast without. That's right, my badass punk rock girl band, the Wild On Team. My right-hand woman, my producer and editor, Rochelle Duras. My marketing queen that does all the things on the interwebs that I truly don't understand, Madison Golshani. And our backup homie, Matteo Sosa, our super kicked sound engineer from right here in Toronto. Thank you. I love you guys. And until next week, Keep calm and wild on. <laughs> Full transparency, guys. I've been saying stay calm and wild on, which honestly, like, I think I like better. So, you know, I don't I don't know. It might it might be stay calm, wild on, but I fixed it, but I probably will. I'll, I'll, I'll forget again. All right. Love you guys. Until next week. Bye. Bye.